Hey y'all, before we jump into today's episode, we would like to invite you to a special event we're hosting on May 30th called Women in Whiskey. Join us for an adult field trip filled with Southern fun at the Jack Daniels Distillery right here in our home state of Tennessee. Get ready to learn while sipping. We will be taking a private tour of the distillery, enjoy a barbecue lunch on the beautiful hillside, and partake in early happy hour with cocktails provided by Jack Daniels as we listen in on a conversation with women who work in the industry. The conversation will be led by yours truly, your hosts of the Steel Magnolias podcast. Learn more about the event at steelmagnoliaspodcast.com. You can grab your tickets there and we cannot wait to see you on May 30th. And now on with the show. Hey guys, Laura Beth here with a special message that I wanted to kick off this week's episode with. I don't normally bogart the microphone like this, but y'all, my sister slash co-host is having a very big birthday this Saturday, June 6th. And while she doesn't want to talk about her age, I do think it needs celebrating. I mean, raise your hand if you've had a birthday during the worldwide pandemic that we are currently living through. I hope you felt celebrated, even if it was different than you expected or hoped. I certainly hope it was acknowledged if it was a big birthday, like 16, 18, 21, 30, 40, 50, 60. Why am I going on like this? Y'all know what a significant birthday is. Anyway, I have a really special bond with my sister and one that I hope comes out every week on this show. We have gone through some hard stuff together, and we will continue to face hard things. Y'all, she's doing this show each week with her foot propped up in a cast. She's a true steel magnolia in every sense of that phrase. Last week, we were on her back deck, and we somehow got on the subject of an old memory, and I got to laughing so hard that I felt my whole spirit shift to a better place just from laughing, but laughing hard, like from my belly. I really hope that you have someone in your life that makes you laugh like that. And if you don't, let's believe that someone is coming into your life soon. I love my sister dearly. I just wanted to share a moment with y'all to say, happy birthday, Lainey. May this truly be your best year yet. I'll leave y'all with this. Sometimes when we're testing our microphones before recording an episode, We get really silly, and on a rare occasion a couple of weeks ago, we actually broke out into a song that represents us so well. Oh, we ain't got a barrel of money, maybe we're ragged and funny, but we travel along, singing our song side by side. Come on in! Steel Magnolias, two sisters who love family, traditions, and all things Southern. We've got plenty of room at our table, so pull up a chair. Hello, Lainey. Hi, Laura Beth. What a peaceful day we have today. We're recording in the morning this time. Which is a little different for us, and it's Pentecost Sunday. It's so wonderful outside. I hope hope y'all all all had some good weather you got to experience this weekend and this week. And um, it is June. 
like hardly what the heck believe it this is so (gasps) weird um and we have a big birthday we're celebrating with Lainey this week I won't name numbers but it's a milestone one so if y'all get a chance send her some love on social medias out there thanks she's um laid up still from surgery so we'll have a, a small family dinner and then celebrate with friends and other acquaintances and loved ones and probably down date. the road. Yeah. 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 So, oh, and I have a little something I meant to mention last week in that there's an update on what Peyton Manning is up to these days. Oh, right. So I Pey- didn't know we were going to go here. Well, this is fun. I wanted to. Just no, I love it. Of course, he's known for many things, but I know him as our quarterback for the Tennessee Vols. That's right. Um, but he had an NFL career, if you don't know him. And he... <laughs> Quite an NFL career. Yeah. He has charity work. He's got like a Indianapolis Children's Hospital. Yeah, I think he's an all-around good guy. Yeah. And hysterical, by the way. Those nationwide his, commercials. And his um, stints on Saturday Night Live. Oh, like, that's right. Anything he does, like, I just think he seems like he would be such a fun friend. Well, now he's making his mark in a new industry that's very... Southern. Down, down home in Southern. And that's... That would be whiskey. So he and some friends, they started a company to sell a 13-year aged cast strength bourbon. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, he's, I think he lives near Chattanooga. Yes, that's what I've heard. And they there is a golf course there called Sweeten's Cove Golf Club. And that's where he got the inspiration. He was inspired to create the whiskey company because... They say that first timers at this golf course usually take a celebratory shot of whiskey on their first tee. So there's there's already tradition tied to this golf course and he and his buddies, I'm sure along with how many guys in the South go, we should do our own bourbon. Right. How many times has that been said amongst friends? It's been said amongst me and my friends before. Yeah. So luckily, he has obviously some clout, and he was able to connect. Actually make it happen, unlike. He was able to connect with Marianne Eves, who's the master blender of this company now. They they, kind of recruited her. She's Kentucky's first female bourbon distiller since Prohibition. I have heard her on a podcast or two before. She's young. Yeah. Like really young. It's kind of amazing. Maybe 30. I don't know. I would have, I don't know, probably... Maybe older than that. She's young. 30 seems so young to me now. So here's the fun part, though. So the pre-sale started last Tuesday, a week oh, ago. I didn't realize it had already started. And it was only oh, open to, to Tennessee residents. I thought that was going to be cool. Sold out. Of course. All did. 500 bottles at $200 a pop. Yowza. Gone. I think like in a day, probably. Based on when I saw their Instagram post that they okay. were sold out. It wow. had been like maybe 24 hours. Okay. If any of our listeners got one, I want to know. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Tell us. Yeah. Because I think they're shipping we won't out. We put your name out that you have one of right. them. But I do want to know. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they are shipping this week. So you, if you did get one, wow. you're getting it soon. Wow. But they're going to try and create more because obviously the demand is there they were going to open it up to georgia residents and then right go a it was going to go wider from there but that didn't even get to happen so obviously us tennesseans can put some money down for a bottle of bourbon um that is fun we are talking about something very relevant to southern culture today and that is our ecosystem and plant life 
we're talking about Spanish moss and kudzu yes. today. So two things you may see in the trees. Yes. Of the south. Yes. So we just felt like this was super important to talk about because it may not be have the sexiness of throwing a party, <laughs> but it's it's in our backyards, it's in our front yards, it's along our highways. Oh my goodness, it's, is it? It's on Instagram and picturesque settings. I mean, both of these. I would say even if we've said the names, kudzu and Spanish moss, and you're like, what is that? You're going to know once we start describing it, you're going to have seen it. For sure. I would think for sure you've seen it in photographs or as you've driven along the interstate. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with um, like the bad uglier news. of the day. <laughs> bad news first, which is kudzu. Um. Okay. They call it the vine that ate sap. I saw that Isn't too. Isn't that hilarious? Because it, it practically does eat up everything in its path. It is. And I have a map that I'll, maybe I'll post this on our Instagram this week. Can you see the green section on this map? That's yes. where kudzu is like invading. Oh, it's wow. only the south. There is one tiny little pocket up in the northwest corner of Oregon. Interesting. Well... Let's talk about why it's eating up the south yeah. and if it's elsewhere, why it's not. And that's like, it's the humidity, the heat, it's like just blows up Yeah. versus, well, first of all, I'll go, I'll backtrack. Okay. It's native to China and Japan. Yes. It came from there. I've, I've learned in doing research for this, they have certain bugs and things that keep it like under control. At bay, it yeah. It doesn't eat the roots, but it eats the leaves. Yes. So it keeps it at bay. Mm -hmm. We don't have those bugs. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. It was actually brought here intentionally to yes. help with erosion. Yes. So farmers were even paid to plant it. Yeah. To help keep from there being a lot of we're erosion. talking 1870s I, you know, 1876 I think late is, 1800s yeah yeah and it funny enough it came to pennsylvania is where they started it okay to deal so it with never some, got out of control there i don't know like I guess not I, I don't think that they well yes they the short answer is yes it didn't get out of control there and i don't think they um plant it as much okay there because they brought it sorry if i'm no jumping run, ahead run with it, it was marketed in the south as this ornamental species yeah so us southerners jumped on we're that. like ornamental let's get some decoration in the yard yeah so it was marketed in the south um in the southeast to provide shade to homes and as an ornamental species so we jumped on it we started planting it this stuff can grow a foot a day that's crazy like 60 feet in one season that's crazy yeah. It's so wild. That's why it gets so out of control. So if you've ever been driving down the interstate and you see this viney looking thing that's completely taken over trees. Yes. So they have like a form underneath. Yeah. The pole, like telephone, telephone poles. poles. Like it doesn't need other life really. It just goes. Yeah. And it will just climb and submerse. Yes things um to which then that those trees often are dying underneath right they're not getting they're what suffocating because they the kudzu is getting all of the so. nutrients yeah well um there are some funny pictures that i also want to put up that you sent me of <laughs> figures that actually look like things they do. because of the whole invasion that kudzu can it's... you know cover something so i think you sent me like i sent three that i'll look like men like or men like a, yeah 
So oh it was just gosh. funny to me as I was looking at all of this. But this has touched, I mean, this vine has touched so many aspects of culture. Yeah. Because it's been around for so long and completely taken over areas. Yeah. So I even wanted to talk about just some of the funny things I've seen. First oh, of yeah. all, a couple of cookbooks. <laughs> yeah. Recent cookbooks. I found one from by Carol Marsh, 2015. And another one that was from 2018, I don't remember the author of the second one, that was called The Book of Kudzu. But that one was A Culinary and Healing Guide, The World's Finest Cooking Starch. Wow. So this says that people of East Asia know well that kudzu is a blessing Mm. and that it has tons of healing properties and is more versatile than ginseng. Wow. So it says time-tested medicinal teas and special ailments. So some people see kudzu as a good thing. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know. Well, you can't, humans can eat it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not supposed to eat the vines. It's like the little flowers Pretty much everything else is edible. And I found an article in the AJC, Atlanta's newspaper, with some really good recipes that were all kudzu that is so cute so i'll link to that because they had kudzu ginger lemonade kudzu quiche kudzu chicken no way corny kudzu soup kudzu broccoli casserole sifu kudzu casserole um this is cracking me up they even had a kudzu 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 cocktail which just had vodka so any kind of melon liqueur club soda and then you mix all that together and you submerge it into crushed kudzu i wonder what the taste of kudzu is i don't know but i i thought that was really funny that you know what some people see as a curse others see as a blessing yeah depends on the circumstance i suppose yeah um i found a company in north carolina called fonta flora brewery Okay. They have a beer that they brew with the kudzu flowers called Kudzilla. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> awesome. That I love it. So, yeah, so again, wonder how that flavor is. Yeah. I have, we haven't don't done know what kudzu tastings in our life. To the beer. Um, I found a couple of different plays that have been done. Okay. That had kudzu in mm-hmm. the name. The one that looked the cutest to me was called Kudzu the Musical. Okay. And it's centered around a fictional radio station, WKDZ. (laughs) (laughs) And it just was so cute. It was very, you know, just small town southern storylines going on. Yes. Kind of a mystery. It sounds like a Fanny Flag novel or something. Things like that. There was a comic strip that I came across. Oh. That was called Kudzu. It ran from 1981 to 2007. What? only reason it stopped, the um, author, Doug Marlette from North Carolina, he died in a car accident. So that caused it to... That's why it ended? Yeah. Oh, it would have kept going. But at its peak, it was in 300 newspapers. Oh my gosh. So anyway, it looked kind of cute too. It was a very Southern storyline. But um, yeah, this is something that's touched lots of different aspects of our culture, not just the literal. Yeah being a plant but kind of bleeds into many things and I even found a poem by James Dickey that's called kudzu it's quite long okay so I I don't share it on our want to read the whole thing 
I'm happy to read a little portion if you want me to. I just thought it was kind of funny. It starts like this. Japan invades far eastern vines. Run from the clay banks they are supposed to keep from eroding. Up telephone poles, which rear half out of leafage, as though they would shriek like things smothered by their own green, mindless, unkillable ghost. So it goes on to tell this whole story of like cows and pigs and stuff like you know never coming out again oh my and gosh <laughs> it's, it's funny but well speaking of wildlife there is somebody in the system of our uh earth that can help and that is the goat yes so the goat will actually eat, eat anything <laughs> tin cans <laughs> if you have access to goats and you have kudzu you really can let them loose and have them eat it for you you can even have you heard of rent a goat no yeah there's a thing that is hysterical you get like a goat herd so this would be like if you've got like a massive kudzu problem otherwise i think most people just start with mowing trying to mow it but yeah i mean if it's like up, you've got to get the taproot i'm sure to get it yeah totally gone yeah but yeah, and sheep, goats and sheep okay. would be your friend in the scenario if you've got... Rent a goat. Rent a goat. I have never. <laughs> rent a herd, rent a goat. Wow. You can do it all these days. Yeah, so we luckily aren't um, plagued by this in our own yards. No, if you drive from here to Atlanta, though, you'll see a good bit of it yes. on the interstate or, well, many interstates, but yeah. I know Georgia and... Many states of the South do have areas where it's completely out of control. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. I mean, thought, they thought it was a good thing. But there again, that's interesting because when something is in its natural habitat, God's got a plan for how it's going right. <laughs> to stay under control. When you move something to a different place, nothing promised on all that. Preach, so. sister. <laughs> so let's talk about... The other, the prettier. The, I found this quote. It said, prettier than kudzu, less formal than a palm tree, Spanish moss, a symbol of nature at its most relaxed. <gasps> yes, that's perfect wording. I mean. Who wrote that? I love that. No, I should give quote to more or credit to more people. So. Well, it's kind of funny in that it's not a moss and it's not Spanish. I know. What, what the, the heck? heck? <laughs> I actually have that in my notes. What the heck? Spanish moss. <laughs> Yeah, so just again for context, if you haven't seen or have imagery for this, what, this what we're is. talking about, if you've seen Forrest Gump and you remember Forrest Gump's house, so that was, you know, I mean, I know it's been since the 90s that Forrest Gump came out, but a lot of people have seen that film. Jenny and Forrest, the two main characters, they spend a lot of time in and around this house, and there's a lot of Spanish moss. It's actually an uh, Charleston estate called Plum Hill. Okay. That I didn't they, know that. That they okay. shot the, that part. Well, of there's the a lot of it on. around there. So, yeah. So if you have, um, if you can recall the way that movie looked, but yeah, <laughs> Spanish moss, not a moss at all. Um, and isn't from Spain. I know. I just think this is so funny. Well, it's mostly found in the lowlands, swamps and savannas of the Southeastern United States. Yes. 
from southeastern Virginia to Florida and west to Texas and southern Arkansas. Yes. Kind of the main area you're going to see it. So um, I saw that it was given its name by French explorers. I don't know okay. if you saw this too. And Native Americans told them that the plant was called, and I'm not going to try and pronounce it. Yes. And it was an... So that, that name translates to tree hair. Okay. That's what the Native Americans were calling it already. And then the French were reminded of the Spanish conquistadors' long beards. So they called it Spanish beard. Okay. That's what the French um, people started calling it. And then the Spaniards got back at them by calling it French hair. And the French <laughs> name won out as time went by Spanish beard changed to Spanish moss. And I've heard it called grandpa's beard. Okay. So I guess just different people have different yeah. ways of. And then the Beaufort Library in South Carolina has its own tall tale. Okay. Gores goes. Yes, I've heard Did this. You... Oh, you had heard I this? I had a postcard that had this little storyline on it. Okay. So he was a bearded brute who bought a beautiful Indian maiden for a yard of braid and a mere bar of soap. The mere sight of the Spaniard so frightened the girl that she ran away from him. Gorez chased right up behind her until the last he climbed up after her to the top of a tree. The maiden dove into the water and escaped, but Gorez's beard got hopelessly entangled in the tree's branches. There he died, but we can still still see his gray beard on trees throughout the low country. As the Spanish moss out on the limbs. All right. I don't know. It does kind of look like hair. A hairy kind of wiry looking beard. Yeah. So funny. There's always a tall tale to go with something if it's in the south. That's true. So it doesn't, um, it grows on trees, but it's, it doesn't put down roots. Or pull from the tree. It's not pulling nutrient from the tree. It pulls it from the air. Yeah. I read that it thrives on rain and fog. So, and I even think it's interesting that um, when it's like it kind of can hold water Mm -hmm. for the more drier days, and when it's full of water, it looks more green. Yeah, and when it's you know not holding water, it looks more gray. Gray. I think of it only as gray, but I do too, especially because it's usually on a tree. Yeah, that's green. Yes. So it's, so it's going to look more green, true. I guess, if you will. It but. loves uh, southern oaks and bald cypress. That's two of the trees it's most favors. Yeah. Um, it's a flowering plant also. Okay, yeah. Um, anyway, just... Well, it's... It's used for lots of different things. Did you see that? Like... No. It's pretty fascinating to me. What else is it used for? It's been used for building insulation. What? No, I did not know this. Packing material. Mattress stuffing. Kind of cool. In the 1900s, it was used as padding of car seats. Oh my gosh. That's weird. It's, um... Small quantities are used in arts and crafts, which is funny because I've actually bought it in a bag before. I to have do too. with like, you know, little things like on wreaths and yeah, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, what else did I say? Uh, occasionally, well, this is probably in older times, but um, it's been used for privacy. Like people will put it in a chain link fence. 
to yes. kind of make it have more of a private look. Um, American colonist mixed Spanish moss with mud to make mortar for their houses, some oh of which are gosh. still standing strong. Wow. It's good tender for fires. I can totally see that because especially if it's dried out. Um, people have made it into rope. I mean, goodness. Wow. All kinds of things. Wow. There is a trail in Beaufort County, and this is South Carolina, okay. that's a Spanish moss trail. Oh, it's a that's recreational fun. trail. It's about 14 miles. Let's go. Um, yeah, and it's been in operation since like railroad days. They set this trail aside. So there's all sorts of conservation efforts to keep it alive and open to the public. But Well, that one does not make good livestock feed. It's not any nutrition at all in that one, unlike the kudzu. True. So the kudzu might be uglier, but at least it has some nutritional value. Yeah. The Spanish moss is prettier, it's but pretty but of no only value. good for mulching or Yeah. The only those kinds of things. Well and it spreads, the Spanish moss spreads because it has these like feathery appendages that like a, a dandelion seed it Ooh. it just kind of allows the appendages to just kind of float. Okay. Because they're not part of the tree. Like we said, they're not putting roots down. Right. So it allows this to float through the air until they land on another tree. So and that's, that's how it kind of, kind of how spreads. The spreading happens. Yeah. I've also, I also read that it was used a lot in bird's nest, which I can 100% say oh, for it practically sure. looks like it already is. Yeah. Just grab some of that. You could build one pretty quickly. Yeah. Isn't it so romantic, though? Oh, my goodness. I mean, when I think of Savannah, I actually do think... I went to visit savannah.com because I wanted to see, is this like their front page of their... Which they have a different sort of tree, but... There's a famous shot of Savannah that is this long road with many oaks kind of yes. arching. Yes. And that are covered in yes. Spanish moss. Yes. And, I mean, if that's not, you know, just the backdrop for a engagement photo or something sure. I don't know what is for sure <laughs> well I've mentioned on here before my friend Lindsay that works and lives in Charleston and is a gardener and does a lot of the downtown estates and yes. those glorious window boxes and I was asking her about Spanish moss and I loved her quote she said I love Spanish moss it's the veil of mystery that steeps the south in romance so good. Like, you need to write that down. Seriously, where's her blog? Put it on a tea <laughs> towel or something. Exactly. Uh, but it is. It's it's romantic. It's mysterious. It's probably the backdrop of tons of movies that I didn't even um, think Midnight to look up. Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's just beautiful. So, yeah, we don't have those trees around here but when i think of south carolina i definitely think of spanish moss and those i do too long corridors of oak trees veiled and... yeah veiled well moss. that looking at pictures of spanish moss as well as social media right now it's making me long to be at the beach i know you know there's actually a couple of good instagram accounts um that i did find let me see if i've Got them in my notes here. My notes are all out of order. One was um, Spanish Moss Photography. Oh, okay. It's a beautiful account. So, um, And did it have a lot of pictures that included mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just something that would be worth talking about, we thought, and 
definitely something that if you travel to Charleston, you'll see a lot of. So anyway, that's all I have that's on all. that. But that's all I know about that. <laughs> Well, happy early birthday, sis. Thank you. We're excited you. to see what this next year holds for you. And we just are get my, get blessed my, by you being here. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to a year. Once I get my foot healed up, I'm going to be ready to kick up my heels and enjoy the year. That's right. Go to all these places and do all these yes, things that I'm sitting up. Taste all these foods we've been talking exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I probably won't make you a kudzu cocktail for your birthday, but I'll get you something else. I would drink you like. it. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Not There's it. a Do you remember the Kudzu Cafe? That, that was sounds, in Atlanta. I'm not sure familiar. if it's still it was up and running for a long time. I bet it's still open, but um that was uh, did you go there? I did go there. I never ate anything that had kudzu in it. In fact, okay. I don't remember a lot of that on the menu. But so maybe just more cute name. It was just because okay. that was something that was very much a part of yeah. culture, which yeah. is why we're talking about it. Yeah, that's so fun. Well, we hope y'all have a good week. Yes, peace, peace be with you, and also with y'all.